Dennis and I are so glad you could join our prayer group. Lord knows we need prayer now more than ever. Amen, sister. Barbara and I just love to lift the needs of others up in prayer. Well, I appreciate your invitation. Well, enough of this chitter-chatter. we got to get this show on the road. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but the Hendersons are in real need of prayer. Tom Henderson lost his job. Did you see Tom Jr.'s haircut the other day? He had the worst haircut. <laughs> he looked like a porcupine on Red Bull. I hear Tom Sr. spends all day on the computer looking at the internet, watching videos on the YouTube. That's probably why he got fired. Oh, no, no, no. His boss caught him on the surveillance camera playing Texas Hold'em. Hold them accountable, I say. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing for housewives like us to have hobbies, but he is a man of the church. He has a family. He should know better. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, I would like to lift up Verna Carlson. Oh, well, she has not been feeling very well. What's wrong with her? Well, I heard it was her weight, five pounds in one week. More like 15. Someone needs to tell her that eating ice cream will not save her demonic children. Oh, don't we know it. That little Jeffrey almost ruined the service the other day. Singing at the top of his lungs for all the world to hear. So wrong. Mm. I have a prayer request. Um... The Whitmans are going back to Peru for a month to build houses. Oh, they worked so hard over there in that poor country. That's a good prayer request. They're such a nice couple. And her apple pie was the hit of the bake sale. Oh, yeah, but what about that V-neck sweater? I mean, if it had been any lower, well, I, I just didn't think that it was becoming. I noticed that, too. I didn't want to say anything. And let's not forget the dress that she wore last Easter. I noticed that, too. I didn't want to say anything. Um, I have another prayer request um, for us because um, we're just sitting here gossiping and I was thinking that, you know, we shouldn't be tearing down our brothers and sisters. We should be edifying them and lifting them up. And, um, like, I thought her sweater looked very nice on her. And that Easter dress was an heirloom that her grandmother made. And Tom, he didn't get fired. He quit his job so he could start a design company. And um, Verna has a glandular problem. And I was just thinking that Romans 129 says that Gossip is the same as murder. Murder? So, we should probably pray for ourselves. Well, I guess you're right. We should know better. Yes, we should. No, I do it too. I mean, last week at the picnic, I told everybody that Betty's son was going to jail. And I found out he's going to Yale. <laughs> Well, I don't know what happened to us. You know who's really bad at gossip? Who? <laughs> that about sums it up, right? So you can guess this first iceberg that I'm going to talk about briefly here this morning is gossip. And... You know, you may think, oh, TJ, come on, man, you know, and a lot of times gossips just talked about it at youth groups, you know, it's the message, so, you know, we got to be nice and talk, but 
this happens. It happens all the time. And gossip is powerful. It's, and it, it's really, it's harmful to the body of Christ. Just like poison's harmful to your natural body, gossip is poison in the body of Christ. It's poison in the church. There's Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So it's very powerful. Our words that we speak uh, can bring life or they can bring death. They can tear others down. And so I want to just go over real quick three effects of gossip on the church. The first one, it divides and hinders growth. It divides and hinders growth. See, we cannot look like a loving, unified church if we're saying negative things about our brothers and sisters in the Lord. So we, we're dividing our own selves and we're not being unified. And so when others see, when others hear what we're saying about each other, is it nice or is it kind? Is it, you know, is it those things? And John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another, as I have loved you that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This scripture here has been burning in me for months. And something the Lord keeps bringing back to me. And church, this is where we're at. Is this, is this last verse here, 35. That men will know that you're my disciples if you have love to one another. And if we're talking bad about one another, then we're not loving one another. And people can't see the love of Christ in us. Therefore, they don't have a reason to come to God. They don't have reason to join the church. They don't have reason to come in and say, Man, you guys really got it going on. Because why would they if... We're not treating each other with love. And it's more than just gossip. It's, it's all the other things as well that, that, that is not loving and that is not kind to one another. The next thing gossip can do is it can change a person's value. When you gossip, you just changed that person's value. I said this statement... Um, Last week by Michael Cheshire out of the book, Why We Eat Our Own. I highly recommend that book. It's an excellent book. You know, it's on uh, grace. But it says, he says, ultimately, we will treat people to the level of value we choose to assign them. I believe the key to not being a judgmental person is to place a high value on every person you see. Placing a high value on every person you see. And so gossip changes the value of that individual or a corporation or a business or whatever it is that you talk bad about. And that leads us into the next one. Is The third thing that gossip can do is it can ruin reputations. Ruin reputations. And businesses know this very well that, and they try to guard their reputation because if they end up getting a bad reputation, it can take years or decades or they may never recover that reputation. If they have a bad product, if it's, oh, that's cheaply made and, and it falls apart on a lot of people and that, that line of clothes just, you know, even though they may make it better, they have to go through a, an intense marketing campaign to try to undo all the negative that they had messed up with to try to fix that reputation. And they may never recover. They might or they may not. And once a person's reputation's ruined, it's hard to get it fully restored. Joseph Hall, philosopher in the 16th century, I believe it's 15th, 16th century, right in there, says, A reputation once broken may possibly be repaired, but the world will always keep their eyes on the spot 
where the crack was. And isn't that so true? Once the, the reputation, there's a little mess up, you know, maybe it's a car that, that had a bad reputation. Maybe they made it better, but boy, we're going to keep our eye on that because we may not invest our money into that car until we see that it's doing really great for, for many people and it gets better reviews. So gossip is something that we've got to avoid. We've got to avoid that iceberg in the church. In Proverbs 10.18 says, Whoever utters slander is a fool. Proverbs 11.13. I'm just going to read these quickly. We'll be posting these notes online. You can grab those at churchpluggedin.com. Proverbs 11.13 says, He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. 16.28, a perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. In Proverbs 20.19, it says, He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a gossip. Proverbs 26.20, fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Proverbs 26.22, the words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. We need to return to the habit of stopping people mid-sentence when they're in gossip mode. I remember one uh, uh, woman, she came to church uh, years ago, and her sons were at at youth group. And she was talking to, uh, I believe it was to my mom, and she was telling my mom this, and my mom was telling me how that she said that, you know, people will start to talk to her, tell her something bad about somebody else, or, or this, and she just puts her hand up. That's what she does. Just stop right there. Now, that, was her, that was her thing. Mids, just stop right there. I don't want to hear anymore. And that was it. And she didn't care what they thought of her or anything. They, you know, she thought, you know, when you stop a gossip, a lot of times you get gossiped against. But you know what? If enough of, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. And, and that's the way she was. You couldn't talk bad about her church, her friends, the people she, you just couldn't talk bad about. Just, I don't want to hear it. She just choose, and she chose to think the best. And that's the thing in, in Corinthians, in uh, chapter 13, you know, it's the love chapter. It says, you know, thinketh no evil. That's what love does. Thinks no evil. So in other words, it always thinks the best about someone else. And that's what she wanted to do. So she put her hand up and she stopped mid-sentence. I don't even want to hear it. I don't care how bad it is. It doesn't matter. That's my brother. That's my sister in the Lord. That's my church. Don't talk bad about that. The second thing that gossip, or the second thing uh, that we need to avoid, another iceberg is unforgiveness. And I, I don't want to spend a lot of time here. And I want to go ahead and plug and just say now that we're going to start a series in January. So be looking out for that. Uh, it's called You Can Get Over It, and it's on unforgiveness and all the different aspects of it. And believe me, there's a lot to it. Um, and there's so, it, this is one of the things that, that, that holds the church back. And it's a, it's a principle that's in the Word of God, and it can be extremely difficult to, to forgive. It can, really, it can be really hard. I've, I've experienced that before, uh, and... and It's not an easy thing. So we're going to talk a lot about that in come January. But just a couple of scriptures real quick is Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And in Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And so as God forgives us, we need to forgive others. Amen, church? The third iceberg that I want to talk about and spend just a few minutes talking about is legalism. Legalism. 
And this is a big one that's in the church that, that, that creeps in. And sometimes we, you just, we don't even know it. And, it, and it's just it's there. You know, I talked a, a, a few weeks ago in the, in the Stronger series, an example of legalism when we root our beliefs and we have a wrong belief system. And we talked about how that, you know, when you believe that you're, you're good, God's pleased with you. And then when you're bad, He's not, you know, He doesn't love you. He doesn't love you when you're doing bad. And, and we said this a minute ago, you know, that our performance, is, you know, God's love isn't based on our performance, and that's what you know the crux of legalism is is that it's all about the rules it's all about performance it's all about coming up to a, a certain we've got to be a certain standard for God to be happy with us or pleased with us or to get those extra jewels on the crown when we get to heaven so I my crown my crown's bigger than yours you know I, I don't know what it is but you know it, it's it's all about the rules instead of relationships as a matter of fact that's a simple definition for legalism is substituting rules for relationship. That's the easiest way um, that I can put it. Now John chapter 1 verse 16 and 17, and we read 16 last week, it says, "All And of His fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. Now see, we, so we receive the fullness of Christ through grace. Now we'll read the next verse. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, what I want to say here is that, you know, a lot of people say, okay, well, we're not under the law, so we, don't, we just don't have to pay attention to the law at all. Well, that's not necessarily true. That's not, that's not how it works. You know, the law is still important. We still look at that. We, still, we don't say, okay, we just throw out the Ten Commandments. That's the law, okay? That's, that's, that's part of the law, right? We don't say we throw that out, okay? Uh, what we, we learn a lot from the law in the Old Testament. We learn a lot from the, quote, the rules that were set there. But what, it, what he's talking about here is that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And Galatians 5.18 says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So in other words, we're led by the Spirit now. See, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Spirit of God. They had nothing to go by. All they had to go by was the written rules. That was it. That's all they had to go by. Well, now, we have been given the Comforter. We've been given the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. We have a Spirit to guide and lead us into what? All truth. Amen. So, see, so now that I have the Spirit of God within me, He comes in John 16, 13. This is the verse we just said. But, he, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. So, He guides us. And so, we're, we, we don't have to necessarily be super concerned. Well, let me make sure I do this, 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 this. No. Look, we read the commandments in the Bible. We know what they are. But God's given us a conscience. God's given us His comfort, His spirit. We know right from wrong. And as we get to know Him and we grow in our relationship with Him, He begins to show us what He wants from us, what we're supposed to give up and lay down, what we're not supposed to do anymore, what we're supposed to be doing. Now, we know that when you're led by the Spirit of God, we've got the fruit of the Spirit. And in, in Galatians, in that chapter, it talks about the works of the flesh, which are manifest, which are these. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're doing this. And then it lists 
the fruit of the Spirit. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. We don't have time to go through and read uh, through all of that. The thing is about legalism, why I'm bringing this up, because we're talking about how we view one another and our relationships with one another and how we interact with others. And the reason why I'm saying that legalism is an iceberg is because too many Christians are caught up with being somebody else's Holy Spirit. Okay, so too many Christians are caught up saying, wait a minute, you're doing that? You're not supposed to be doing that. You know, you can't do that. Why? Why are you doing that? You know, oh no, Lord showed me, notice this, Lord showed me that, oh, I'm, that, that that's not good. See, that's not holy. I'm not supposed to do that. And that's, that's where we get away from the relationship and we get into the rules. And where somebody else is at Christ, somebody else is in a totally different place. Sometimes we're just we're in different places, different walks in the Lord, different growth. You know, when we when we come to the Lord, you know, it's like our spirit's like a baby. I mean, it's infant stage. When we haven't read the word at all, we have no idea what's in the word. We haven't been taught. We come to the word baby Christian. That's why they call baby Christian, right? That's why we say that. You know, this is baby Christians, not in the word. I mean, we don't have that phrase, but we came up with that, right? Why? Because we know that 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 we have got to mature in Christ. We have to grow in the Lord. We grow in our walk with Him. And how we do that, yes, we do learn from others. We learn principle from others. But we've got to be careful. And that's what discipleship is, is when you're, you're teaching somebody else the things that are in the Word of God. But we've got to be careful not to be somebody else's Holy Spirit, their conscience, just because the Lord's spoken to you. We've got to give them time to grow. Time to work out their own salvation with fear and in trembling. In Philippians, oh, let me say the statement that I want to put on the screen before we do this word. A legalistic person doesn't have the patience to allow someone else's relationship with God to mature naturally on its own. One more time. A legalistic person doesn't have the patience to allow someone else's relationship with God to mature naturally on its own. We've got to be patient, just like, you know, and this is this is a really good example here. Joshua, he is 15 years old. Now my youngest, he's six, right? Seven. He's seven now. My goodness. You get four kids, you can't keep them straight. Alright, so he's seven. I had a 15-year-old and a seven-year-old. And the 15-year-old's trying to show the seven-year-old how to do one of the chores. Well... He's getting a little impatient with them. Like, look, come on. You know, like, Joshua, you've got to be patient with him. Because guess what? When you were seven, I had to be patient with you and show you. And he's like, oh, okay. So now he's, being, now he's a really good teacher. He really is. He teaches the younger ones and teaches them how to do things that we've shown him. So we don't have to train the younger ones on every little thing. A lot of, you know, he just shows them. I've heard my son starting to teach the... The younger one's something I didn't even think to show them, tell them, like, oh yeah, I did tell Joshua that, you know. And he's showing them that. And, he, and, he, and they're growing at a, much ra- a, a, a more rapid pace than what he did. And they're maturing at a more rapid pace because he's there as well as my wife and myself teaching the younger boys. And so he's teaching them a lot of things as well. But the one thing we're, we, we tell him, you've got to be patient because they're still young. And they, they've got to have time to mature on their own. Do you see? 
And so it's the same in the body of Christ. And so many times we get caught up. And relationships are supposed to develop naturally. And, you know, some examples of this is, you know, it's like I was, t- you know, I was talking about a movie I saw. And it's like, oh, you shouldn't have watched that movie. You shouldn't have seen that movie. That's, That's about how I... <laughs> you know, what do you mean you listen to that music? You listen to... <laughs> you know, before you know it, you know, you're totally rid of all art, culture, and happiness, really. You can't do anything. I mean, you get a real extreme legalistic individual, and they don't do anything. I've sat down on top of it, literally, that entertainment is of the devil. I am not lying. God showed me the entertainment. He showed you for you, not for me. Because I like football, okay? Now, there was a time in my life where I made football God, okay? I did. There was a time where it was more important than God. And God spoke to me about it, and I gave up football for a while. But you know what? I watch football. I'm going to watch football later today. It's going to happen. It doesn't have a hold on me. I don't have to watch every single game. I don't keep up with every single stat. I like to put them on record and make my games 45 minutes instead of three hours. Now, look, I would spend, I don't know, 15 hours on the weekend watching college ball and professional football, and that's all my weekend was. If I wasn't working, I'm watching football. It was too much. So the Lord spoke to me about that. He spoke to who? To me. I didn't need somebody else telling me. Because what good does that do? I just get uh, uh, upset with it. When the Spirit convicts you, that's when you really change. So, see, that's the difference. Now, see, I gave up football for a while. And when I came back to it, it wasn't the same. It just wasn't. I took a whole year off. I took a whole year off. And that was big for me because I was really into it. I took a whole year, and when I came back, I didn't have the same desire to watch every single game that I could. You know, I just didn't have that same desire. And, and it's just, it's not there. You know, I don't think about football every waking moment of every day like I used to. So there's certain things that can get a hold of you, and God deals with you. And so we need to realize that and understand that, that we're not here to change everybody into our own likeness of how God dealt with us with our relationship with God. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 will end on this. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in who? In you. It's God at work in you. I'm not in work in you. I'm not. I'm here to, to show some things that are in the Word of God to, to, you know, disciple, I can disciple, but I am not at work inside of you. It is God inside of you that is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So, you know what? You, you may say, you know, well, by golly, all rated R movies, they're just... Bleh. Well, you know what? There's a couple I like. I'm just being honest with you. Because it didn't have the sex and all the other stuff that I didn't like, and it just it was there because it, it, it was the war movie, and I liked it, okay? That's just the way it was. And this guy was trying to take away my war movie. Forget it, okay? I liked it, and I liked the story. It was our history, and just that's all there was to it. So, what we, you know, we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Are there some things that we need to be careful of? Are there some things that we need to separate ourselves from? 
Absolutely. But legalism stunts the growth of the church. Others come in, they see us as stiff, can't have no fun, can't this. Look, I'm not trying to say, you know, you got a license to go do whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you pray, you seek God. God speaks to you on how you're supposed to do, act, to live your life, how you do. And folks, let's treat others with kindness, grace, with patience, allowing them to grow in the Lord. John 13.35, one more time. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So let's get rid of the gossip, let's forgive each other, and let's get rid of the legalistic viewpoints in treating others with legalism. I'll tell you, there's no room for it in the church. It's shrinking the church in America. These are icebergs that are shrinking. And yes, there's more things that are, there's more icebergs out there. Maybe we'll hit a couple more next week. But these are the biggies, the stuff that's the relationship. Because of that verse right there, these are the big ones. How we interact with each other, our relationships with one another, how we treat each other with love. It's, it's love that's bringing this world back around. Amen? Let's all stand. We're out of time. Maybe you're here this morning. And on that very first one, you realized, oh my goodness, I've been gossiping. So you get down here in front of everybody. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And, that, and that's, what we, <laughs> that's what we're not going to do. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> so maybe there's that thing, you, you know, you're... You're gossiping. And you know what? I'll just say to you, hey, repent. I love you, you know, and let's just not do it anymore. Amen? You know, maybe there's someone you need to forgive. And unforgiveness is one of those icebergs. And, it, and it's just been really, really tough for you. been really hard. And when we forgive others, we will just we'll walk in a different level of love. I'm going to tell you, when you're totally free from unforgiveness, you walk in a different place, a different level in God. I mean, it's a totally different world. When you come out from unforgiveness and you walk in true forgiveness, I cannot describe to you the freedom and the lightness that you have in your spirit and your, even in your physical body. Unforgiveness will beat you down. Beat you down. It holds the body of Christ down. Maybe uh, you've been a victim of legalism uh, over yourself or maybe you've been um, you know, sharing that legalistic viewpoint with others or something like that, or maybe you've been just a little too hard on yourself believing that God's love for you is based on your performance. It's, you know, let's just take these things, these icebergs, and let's pray about these just for a few moments. If, you're in, if, if one of those icebergs, if you've run into ground into one of those icebergs, let's patch those holes right now. Father, right now we just thank you. We just praise you. We just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And Father, I just thank you where we've gossiped about others. We just, I just thank you for your forgiveness. Forgive us where we've uh, talked negative, we've talked bad about others, where we've made fun of or put others down, where we've shared um, with other people and, and shared in, as those in a negative light. Lord, forgive us, Father. Lord, we just repent right now. For gossip. And Lord, I just think of those people that, that, that we're having a hard time forgiving. Lord, I thank you for your grace to be able to forgive. Lord, I thank you that we can just do your word. We can act upon your word and forgive others as you have forgiven us. And Father, I just thank you that 
that we are in relationship with you and that we are working out our salvation as you see fit. You are at work inside of each one of us. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. And we do not need a legalistic rules-based system. All we need is your Spirit. And Lord, I just thank you for opening up your Word to us. Lord, that we'd be able to follow your Word and we'd be able to mature with the help of your Holy Spirit and not any legalistic view. And Lord, we just come against the enemy that would come to lie and, and to bring us down saying that we're no good and that God doesn't love us when we do this or that. Father, I just break that right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for freedom and liberty to grow in the family of God, to grow in you. And I thank you for your grace being spread throughout this church in each person, each individual here. Lord, we open ourselves up right now to receive from you and receive your empowerment, your grace. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? Amen. God's good.